Somebody even asked me one day, you gonna get in folks' business? Yeah, we're gonna get in folks' business. God gets in your business. And he's telling you how to live. And he said, you gotta be different. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's why we're not winning people to the Lord. We can win people to the church. We can win people to singing and to worship, but not to the Lord, because our lives doesn't reflect that. And Peter said, no, things are going to get tough. And when things get tough, you're going to have to know who you are. This is Jerry G. Martin. It's one thing to come to the Lord. It's another thing to take the Lord to the culture around us. It seems like the darkness is closing in on all of us. What a great time for the light of the Lord to shine bright in the life of every believer so we can make a difference in our world. Join us today as we encourage you, the believer, to take the light of the Lord to a dark world. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. Almost all believers at some point in time have wondered, well, what is God's will for me? What is God's will? I I just wish I knew the will of God for my life. If I just knew the will of God, I would do the will of God. I'm going to tell you what God's will is so you can just uh, get started on it. If I tell you what it is, would you start on it? The first thing God will for us to do is to obey his command. It's to obey the word of God. That's the first thing in his will. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my Commands. If you love me, keep my commands. So don't worry about uh, God telling you something supernatural that you need to do when you don't do the basic things. Lord, you just show me what your will is. Oh, God, I'm ready to walk in a new anointing. God, I'm ready to walk in another level. God, I'm ready for a double portion. And he says, would you obey my command? God wants us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. That's his will. We are told, do not conform to the things of this world system, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's God's will. Don't conform and function and order your life by this world system that we grew up in, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can know and establish what the perfect will of God is in your life. It's not that difficult to know what God's will is. Just do those things and you're on the way. You're on the right road to fulfilling God's will for your life. Now, Peter is saying to us, do not live the rest of our earthly lives for the evil human desires. Once you are saved, Now, this message, I'm just going to tell you, is only for saved folks. If you're not saved, this is not for you. Once you are saved, he's saying you need to live a different life and go down a different path. So we ought to have the attitude of Christ. We ought to be looking for the will of God. And thirdly, we are to experience a transformation from the past. Look at verse 3, talking to the believers. He said this to you now. Uh, If you know somebody that this uh, would apply to, just share that with them after church. He says, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Now, you say, now, you don't spend enough time doing that before you got saved. Now, once you're saved, you don't need to be doing that anymore. You are spending enough time 
in your life. See, the Christian's view of, this, of his life previous to salvation is a closed matter. That should be closed. That chapter of your life should be closed. You died with Christ and you've been raised again in a new life. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. The old habits, the old associates, the old practices, places, amusements, everything in the old life which is not according to the Word of God should be eliminated in the new life he's given you as a Christian. I know that's tough. We don't want to get rid of the old things. It remind me of, uh, of this picture of, of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Uh, that's kind of a type of how things go. They came out of Egypt. That's kind of a picture of us coming out of darkness into the marvelous light. Now, they came out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. Every time they look around, they were looking back, trying to say, you know, back there, we used to do it this way. That's how they came up with the golden calf out there in the wilderness. They were saying, Moses is gone. The pastor's gone. Ain't where the pastor at? Uh, he's gone. How long he been gone? Well, he's been gone a while. When he coming back, we don't know. Okay, well, let's party. That's what they said. It reminds me sometimes Pastor Jackie and I get invited to some of the members' events on Saturday evening. I already know that I'd better hurry up and leave because once the pastor leaves, they can really start having a good time. <laughs> well, the pastor gone now. We are different people who are living in a different world. He says the old habits, the old associates, there are some people. Now, listen, you don't have to get rid of your old friends when you come to the Lord. But I'm going to tell you this, if you start living righteous and holy, you don't have to get rid of them. They'll get rid of you. Am I going to have to give up my old friends? No. Just start going down the pathway of righteousness and holiness. They'll stop hanging with you. You ain't got to say nothing. You don't have to tell them, well, I got to go. I can't hang with you no more because I'm following the Lord. No, you still love on them. You're my friend. Come on, go to church with me. Well, I don't feel like going. They're going to say, hey, come on out to the party. Bring the dominoes with you and the cards and some whiskey. You know what you used to bring. Bring that wild turkey with you. And you say, you know what? I don't drink anymore. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Actually, I'm, I'm going to be heading to a Bible study, so I'm not going to be able to make the event. Bible study? Yeah, I'm going to a Bible study tonight. In fact, I'll be praying for you guys. I'm asking God to move in your lives as well. Next time when they have that, they ain't going to invite you. But something in you still want to go. Well, the Bible didn't say I can't take no wild turkey. I go, I can just, I ain't going to drink none, but I can take some. Maybe I get a chance to reach them, share with them. After a while, your testimony is invalid. The old habits, old associates, practice, places. And amusements, the things that used to just keep you amused. Everything in the old life which is not according to the Word of God should be eliminated. When I got saved, somebody, one of my friends said, you mean you tell me you can't go party no more? You can't come to the club no more? I said, yes, I can, but here's my issue. I don't have a desire to. I can go, but I don't desire to go. Because I have somewhere else that I desire more than that. You can't listen to this music no more. Well, I can, but by the time I get through with praise and worship and gospel and some ministry teaching to me, I don't have time. I can't get down to that no more. 
You can't drink no more? Yes, I can, but I have no desire to. It doesn't interest me anymore. What about you since you've been saved? And now at the church now, we got pastors scared to even talk about living holy because the folks will leave. Scared of talking about being different. Well, see, he a hater, you know. I'm going to go somewhere where all I got to do is just sit up there for a 20-minute sermon, and he's just going to tell me I, I can have a, a good life and uh, have a supernatural anointing and all that, and he ain't going to be messing with how I live. Ain't got no business telling me how I live. Somebody even asked me one day, you going to get in folks' business? Yeah, we're going to get in folks' business. God gets in your business, and he's telling you how to live. And he said, you got to be different. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's why we're not winning people to the Lord. We can win people to the church. We can win people to uh, singing and to worship, but not to the Lord, because our lives doesn't reflect that. And Peter said, no, no, no. Things are going to get tough, and when things get tough, you're going to have to know who you are. Then he talks about the different sins in this passage. He says, there was debauchery and lust and drunkenness and orgies and carousing and detestable idolatry. Debauchery refers to actions that excite and disgust and public decency. People in the public are indecent in public. We see in stuff like that now. They're indecent. They're so bold with it. They'll video it and put it online and, and try to see how many people can watch them doing indecent stuff. Then lust is not limited just to sexual desires, but it's unrestricted, passionate desire of a sinful nature with all kinds of things going on. Then he said drunkenness. And that drunkenness, now listen, that drunkenness also includes narcotics. They're legalizing marijuana just because it's legal. Some of you still smoking and it's illegal. Well, just like some of you still drinking. Well, the Bible don't say, Pastor, that you can't drink nothing. No, it don't. That was for them. That ain't for you. <laughs> be not drunk with wine, which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. If you're drinking, did you get drunk? You get a buzz. If you're going to get no buzz, then don't even do it. But if you get a buzz, then he said, don't do that either. How about your testimony? Because some of y'all are going to Papa Cedar, you'll have a margarita before the day's over. The Lord might want you to pray for that person at the next table. And you're going to ready to pray for him while you're licking the salt off the glass? <laughs> Hold on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, let me lay hands on you. God is speaking to me right now. Listen, I know this. The closer you get to God, the more things you will pull off of your life. Nobody have to tell you. You will start pulling them off. Because the Bible said, lay aside every weight and sin. Now, some things are not sin, but God says, now for you, you need to pull that off because that's going to that's gonna be problematic for you. Orgies. It's merrymaking and, and being out of control and all of that stuff. Y'all know what orgies are, don't you? Idolatry. Speaking of drinking bouts, possibly in this context, in connection with the pagan religious rite that Peter was talking about, forbid the believers to be involved in all kinds of idolatrous stuff, drinking the cups of demons. Somebody just put up a, 
a big palm reading thing right down the street. Big bright lights pass and get your attention at night. Amen. How many of y'all been there already? Anybody in here been there already just see what's going on? You should go in there and say, you should know I wasn't going to pay you. <laughs> you should have known I didn't have no money when you read my palm. You should have said, you look like you broke, so I ain't going to read no more. Here's what Peter says. Look at verse 4. Talking about people that's around you. They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. They think you're strange. Now, listen, when you have a genuine conversion of faith, people around you that knew you will think something strange happened to you. Anybody experience that? When Christ come into your life, now, unless you're one of these secret agents, you know, you're undercover and you're secret, don't nobody know. You haven't said anything, you haven't done anything, you're sneaking in there with them, and they don't know you're a secret agent, they might not say anything. But when they know what your lifestyle was, and you come back and you said, I made a profession of faith, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, they're going to be looking at you and they're going to think something is wrong with you. Are you strange? What happened to you? That's what they asked me. Now, I don't know about y'all. Y'all were probably real nice, and, and y'all didn't do very much before y'all got saved. You know, people might have thought you were saved already because you was just so nice, so low-key. You didn't go nowhere. You didn't do nothing. Just went to work, came home, watched TV. I was a little bit different. Okay, you didn't cuss. You didn't say nothing. You know, you were just kind and cordial. They were so nice. They probably thought you were saved already. But how many of you uh, had a lifestyle where it was a little rough and tumble? You get saved, and, and folks will know that there's a change. You don't do what you used to do. You don't go where you used to go. You don't talk like you used to talk. You don't walk like you used to walk. You know, you're not in those places no more. You don't drink what you used to drink. You don't smoke what you used to smoke. You, don't, you just don't smoke at all. I was shocked the other day. I was looking. I was at the gas station looking at a pack of cigarettes. Somebody said it was $7 or something a pack. I'm like, oh, my goodness, people still smoking. I'm like, my goodness, that's enough to keep you from smoking right there. Now, somebody said, now, Pastor, can you be saved and smoke? I'm not getting into all these things like what you can't do. The Bible didn't say you can't smoke. And I'm not going to be like the guy that said, you can smoke weed. The Bible said God made the grass and it was good. <laughs> we can do anything to try to justify our behavior. They think it's strange you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. The people of the world, the former associates of these Christians of whom Peter was writing, thought it was strange that these people could give up the party life. Now, you give up this life, you know, we had a good time, we were arguing, we were eating, we were drinking, we were merry. What's wrong with you? They were used to letting the good times roll. They were of the, if it feel good, do it lifestyle. That's what they were at. Let the good times roll. I mean, they were like people from New Orleans. You know, people from New Orleans get saved too. You know. They did not realize that in their totally depraved nature, which b before salvation had given them love for sinful things, now they had the power to overcome that because of the power of God in their lives. They, they had another nature now. They have a divine nature. And that's what we have. We have a divine nature. We don't have to participate in those things. 
The new nature had given them new motivational principle of life, which caused them to hate the things they once loved and love the things they once hated. You didn't love to go to church before you were saved. You loved to go out to the clubs and the parties and all of that. If I walk into a club after I got saved, I'm like, it's dark in here. And it's smoky in here. You know, and I'm thinking, did I used to like being in this kind of place? You know, when you like that, when they turn the lights on, you be like, turn them lights back off. Because you love darkness rather than light because your deeds were evil. You know, and the longer you stay in there, the better you can see in the dark. And that's the way people's lives are. You walk in darkness and you think you're okay because you can see in the darkness. But when you turn the lights on all the way, a lot of things start moving. People, rats, roaches. You didn't even know you were close to a rat till you turned the light on. Sometimes your friends and even your family members may heap abuse on you when you come to Christ. You're changed. You change your life. You change your lifestyle. You stop doing things. You stop buying, you stop buying the liquor for the house and the beer. Because you tell them, you can't bring that in my house no more. If you're doing that, maybe you let them still bring it in their house. They say, no, you can't bring that in here no more. Why? Because I gave my life to Christ. Then they talk about you. Your family members talk about you. Well, I know you, I know you how you are. Know what you've been doing. Why are you trying to act like you're better than me? Because I'm saved now. i got a new pathway I need to walk in. Sometimes every time you take steps forward in the things of God, they try to pull you back. That's why we're told in this passage to arm ourselves and to pick up the weapons of the Spirit. Paul said this for us, when we arm ourselves, we're living in a different world. We have to be prepared to function in this world differently. He said in Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your stand, you may be stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand. He tells us to stand therefore. He tells us to do three things in this passage. Number one, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I'm telling you that today. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. We can do nothing without the power of God working in our lives. Come on, let's say that. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Secondly, he tells you to put on the full armor, the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. You got to be ready to go out. Uh, You just can't go out casually without being prepared. The world is a tough world. It's getting uh, more challenging today because of our social media and everything. People just say anything. They can certainly throw a rock and hide their hand on social media. Even people who are introverts can get on social media and act like they know everything. You got to stop drinking everything you see out there and eating everything you hear 
You need to close your ear gate and your eye gate and all that and not be taking in all these messages from everybody else. Shooting fiery darts and arrows. They'll make you mad when you wasn't mad before. When the last time you was mad at a Confederate statue? You didn't even know what it was. You sitting out there eating your sandwich right under the statue. Now you're mad. You leaning all up against it, eating your sandwich every day in the shadow, being cool. Now somebody done made you mad. Yeah, I need to tear this down. Don't let folks make you mad just because they mad. They ain't got nothing else to do. And then he said, take your stand. Have you taken a stand anywhere in the spirit realm? Where are you trying to accomplish? Where are you trying to go? Take a stand. Father, I need to, I need to be stronger in you today. I need to take my stand somewhere. I believe God. I'm going to walk after your word. I'm not going to be defeated every day. I'm not going to just be standing by letting the enemy take ground every day. I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to arm myself. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to make a declaration. I'm going to say, I live for God. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to say it. I'm not just going to go through the motion. Peter says, arm yourself with the same attitude. Fulfill the will of God in your life. And then have that transformation of life. I'm not living like I used to live in the past. Father, we thank you. You called us to be different in this different world, the world that is not honoring you, not following you, that have its own standards of living. You called us to be a light in a dark world. You called us to, to be your voice in the wilderness. You've called us right now. We are your people. You've called us. We thank you, almighty God that we belong to you. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. We thank you, almighty God. And Father, we ask you to begin to let your people rise up with the light of your glory in our lives. Help us, God, to let our light shine that men will see our good works and glorify you, Father. Help us, almighty God, to be faithful unto you. Help us to take a stand. Help us to be bold in you, God. Use our lives. Speak in our lives. Let us speak the truth of your word. Help us to walk upright before you and live a righteous life. Help us, Father, that men and women can see you moving and working in our lives. We thank you, Almighty God. It was Jesus Christ himself who said, You are the light of the world and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then he encouraged the believer to take the cover off of the light so that other people can see how God is working in your life and they will want to go to God and give him glory as well. This is Jerry G. Martin and I'm encouraging you who are believers who have experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ to allow the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine bright right there where you are. And we need every light to shine as bright as it can right now to dispel the darkness that comes 
in the way of violence and anger and bitterness and divisiveness in our country and in our community. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. And I invite you to come and be our guest at The Light of the World Christian Fellowship. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road right here in North Houston. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. Pastor Jackie is in a great series on going back to the basics. For more information, go to our website at lowcf.org. If you're still looking for a Bible bookstore, come to the Beacon Bookstore. It's on our campus right here at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're looking for Bibles, books, church supplies, or communion supplies, We have them here at The Beacon. Call us at 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.